Hello listeners and welcome to the Montel Weekly Podcast, bring you energy matters in an informal setting. Away from the constantly unfolding drama that is the coronavirus outbreak, of which you can hear daily updates on the Montel Daily Extra Pod, the subject matter today is France, and in particular its nuclear fleet. If you have wondered about 10-year inspections and much more about France's ageing reactors, you've come to the right place. Joining me, Richard Sverison, is my colleague Chris Eels, Montel's editor France. So Chris, welcome. Bonjour, Richard. Bonjour, indeed. Now, there have been some quite severe issues with French nuclear reactors in recent years. Yeah, I mean, it's been, we've talked about this before, and we'll talk about it again and again and again and again, no doubt, because it seems to be history repeating itself. I mean, yeah, there have been serious issues, maintenance, overrunning, all kinds of problems, and new ones too, which we will discover. And there isn't really any sign of it getting any better. I mean, the reactors themselves aren't getting any younger. No, this is the problem that these reactors are all, uh, many of them are reaching close to 40 years, and they will have their fourth 10-year visits, which we'll means... Come, yeah, we'll yeah, come to we'll that come later. To that. So the reactors are getting older, and maybe some of the uh, security measures are getting stricter as well, or more stringent. Yes, um, there are examples of certain, in, at certain plants where the French Safety Authority, ASN, has upped their surveillance that's the word they use. It's not some kind of spy film, but they say reinforce surveillance in one or two, one or two plants. We've seen this, and uh, this means that yeah, they're carrying out more inspections, and so the controls are the scrutiny. It's closer scrutiny, and that means they're finding more problems. The more they look, maybe the more they find. I mean, that's uh, you could argue. Yeah, but of course, that's the way we want it because these we want these to be absolutely safe. So we want them to be sort of heavily scrutinised. I mean, I mm. think that's what is in in everyone's uh, best interest. We've seen sort of production at these units. It's been quite variable, hasn't it, over the years, uh, maybe gradually sort of uh, decreasing. I think at the peak, maybe four years ago, they were uh, producing around 400 terawatt hours a year. Would that be correct? Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's a very rough figure that I don't know exactly. But yes, I do know that this time last year, Jean-Bernard Lévy, the CEO of EDF, um, was talking about how the firm had planned to hit 420 terawatt hours um, a year and that it was no longer going to, that those targets were, it would never meet those targets, you know, at least not mm. in, the, in the foreseeable future. So they, EDF signaled last year a slide in nuclear production and that's what we've seen. Mm. Last year, 2019 nuclear output hit a three-year low, it was 3779 failed to reach their target uh, and, and, and went to that three-year three, three year low. Even though they, re, they revised <laughs> yeah, that target throughout the year, didn't this they? Is this is um, the old, their old trick of uh, revising nuclear output, you know, saying there's no problem, well, more or less, saying uh, we're very sure we will meet these targets. Uh, you can guarantee we will meet these targets. And, of course, they don't, and they change the target. And then mm. they, 
we've seen this and we saw at the end of last year they changed the target at the end of the year and uh fell short so again what was the original at the outset it was 395 was it 395 terawatt hours yeah, a year? 395 yeah. it was and in the end it hit 379.5 a three-year low okay you know it's getting poorer let's put yeah, it that yeah, way okay i mean it's still <laughs> it's still a lot of electricity of course but um what does edf's forecast for for this year yeah so this year in february they cut the 2020 Albert target to a range now they're talking about a range they're not giving us interestingly a new technique they're not giving us a specific figure they're giving us a range so we've got a floor of 375 terawatt hours mm. and a ceiling of 390 terawatt hours mm. so this gives them a bit more leeway and suggests that they are quite uncertain Mm. Uh, well, you know, indicates uncertainty, more mm. uncertainty. If output were to fall to the floor level, the 375 terawatt hours, that would be the lowest since 1999. Now, that's a 21-year low if it, if, it, if it was to go fall that far. That's quite astonishing. So, I mean, I suppose they're giving themselves that floor, they're giving themselves leeway, uh, that range which they haven't done before. Uh, and just to do that, as, as you mentioned, Chris, yeah, uh, uh, it's, it's quite interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's a different approach. They are accepting or, or, or telling us something else, you know, that they, they really can't predict as much as they, perhaps they just can't predict. It's possible, you know, mm, that they can't mm. be as accurate as they were before. They're, they're coming up against so many different problems. I mean, just this quote, in addition, when they announced the new the floor and ceiling targets. They said, in addition to the unavailability on scheduled outages, there are other recurrent causes of non-production, tests, unplanned outages, modulation of operation, environmental constraints, network constraints, which represent a volume of about 20 to 30 terawatt hours. That's why they gave the the range there it's fluid as yeah like, exactly. as they take say, it with a like to pinch say. of salt yes, maybe yeah yes. itself acknowledges there's some some problems at some some plants uh, we've seen that in 2016 in 2017 18 and last year as well i mean what can we expect this year and what are the reactors that we really need to keep a close eye yeah. on chris okay i think i mean it's always difficult you know I've, you've asked me this before and uh, it is difficult to I'll ask give you it. again yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah how many times can you ask me 30 times <laughs> yeah something like that <laughs> I'll yeah. answer on the third, uh, first yeah. time like like I can mention, uh, actually, I'm very disappointed that you're not wearing double denim today. But anyway, well, let's uh, I mean, back on track, shall we? Uh, the reactors <laughs> to look for in, in, in 2020. Yeah, 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 that just gives me time to think of an answer. Yeah. Um, now, the reactors to look for. Okay, having said that I'm not going to tell you, I will try to tell you. Uh, Flamanville is mm. definitely a nuclear power plant that where we've seen problems. It has two reactors, 2.7 gigawatts one reactor offline for over a year another eight or nine months we had seen a situation there where um flamenville was put under what they call enhanced surveillance by the safety authority last september the bdi yes the bdi that those people mm. people in white coats yes this is an example of what i was talking about before actually where enhanced surveillance because of so many problems with maintenance, maintenance errors, subcontract issues, sub issues with subcontractors not doing their, job, their jobs up to standard, according to EDF, meant that ASN stepped in, put the plant under enhanced, super, under enhanced surveillance. Yeah. And so they found more issues. And the latest issue at Flamanville, actually, EDF announced micro cracks, you know, when we, whenever anyone hears cracks and reactors mm -mm. in the same Not a good sentence. combination. No, no, no. Those two... Mm. 
those two shouldn't be put together. We've heard it at Flamerville. And the cracks uh, concern um, turbine engine uh, mm. at Flamerville. According to EDF, it's only a part of the turbine, but it's very unclear when these reactors will restart. EDF says, for example, I mean, I'm, I'm going on about Flammable, but it, but it is an interesting case. They say, according to Remit, 31st of May, they'll both be back online. But ASN, once again, has a much more cautious line and set, has told Montel that it's far too early to say when these reactors might come online because of the microcrack issues. Not only that, but back to this enhanced surveillance there's you know they're finding more 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 problems and there, and there's a lot of work to be done there so flammable is definitely one to look out for another issue which affects a couple of plants is uh, earthquake resistance Mm-hmm. There was an earthquake late last year, Where? very close to Trikistan, the south of France. Okay, yeah. so close to one of the oldest reactors. Trikistan being one of the oldest reactors in France, which already has had issues with a dam around the plant being big enough to cope with any flooding uh, in, as a, in the event of, a, of an earthquake of a certain size. You know? mm. So this earthquake has made uh, ASN a little bit nervous about nuclear power plants in the area. And they've said, well, look, maybe at Trikistan and Kruaz, we're going to have a look at their defenses and we're going to see, is it time, they're asking the question, is it time to re have another look at, in general, earthquake-resistant standards? You know, mm, So mm. possibly, I mean, I don't know this, but it's possible, it's, it's something to keep an eye on. ASN could ask EDF to reinforce defenses, quake defenses at Trikistan and Kruaz. And, and, and so that it, would lead to other delays, you know. And should it do so, could it build these defences while the plant's online, or would it well, have to do with, do it when the plant's offline? That that I mean, it's pretty early. It's it's too early to know that because mm. they're still deciding whether or not they need to review. Uh, well, they are reviewing quake defences, but they haven't decided yet whether they need to do the work. So it's a little bit early to say, you mm. know, without knowing what kind of work it will be. But. There is that danger, yeah. Mm. I think that's a very real danger. That's another one to look at. Also, there have been problems at Paliwell, another reactor. The EDF haven't been too forthcoming about explaining the reasons for that outage. We need to dig a little bit deeper and find out what's going on there. But that's another issue also in the north of France. On um, the coast. On the coast. Paliwell is on the coast. So mm. that's another one to look out for. Because they've said there's, uh, they've mentioned high tides as a reason well, for, uh, for yeah, the outage. Yes, I mean, that's a specific outage. But I was talking about a more longer running outage okay. in Palo Alto. But, but no, the more recent case, which is interesting, is interesting because I think this is a first of a kind. I might, I might be wrong, but I think we haven't seen this as before, that EDF actually says, oh, we have to turn off reactors or cut capacity at reactors because of high tides, mm. too much water. We don't know exactly what happened. and what, I mean, It's something we, we are looking into. What what is the link between a high tide? And, it raises, and, yeah, it raises the question as well: How high is high? I yeah, mean, where, just what's how the high, limit? Just how, how high, high can, how, how, can high, how high can you get, yeah, go? Go, go, go? Exactly, Chris. <laughs> exactly, thank you. My words exactly. Uh, but um, yeah. no, how high? It, how high is high? Yeah, it's a good well, question. Be, so where's the level? I mean, yeah. is it yeah. one meter? Is it is it six? You know, I mean, uh, obviously it probably isn't uh, six meters. But um, now. Those are the reactors to watch for. So Flamengo and Palo are both on the on the Channel Coast. Uh, Northern France, Trikistan is more in, in the, the south. south yeah. And and for those listeners who you know may not be aware what ASN is, it's the uh, it's, it's the Nuclear Safety Authority in France. Yeah. It? Yeah. Okay. So these are these are some 
issues at reactors that are kind of ongoing. Mm. Um, but in addition to these, there are what you mentioned, actually, these are some of the reactors are going through their fourth 10 year investigations. What's happening here? And, and where's that happening? Yes, well, we have a situation where a lot of French reactors are aging and they're reaching their 40 years old. And there is, it turns out, a large volume of so-called 10-year inspections. Six are planned this year, uh, the same as last year, which is pretty worrying, I would mm. say, for EDF, because last year, you know, as I said earlier, the targets were all missed, uh, and mostly because of extensions to outages at 10-year visits 10-year visits we said that these are the these are the visits that allow they aim to give edf the green light to continue operating reactors for another 10 years mm. so they become increasingly important as reactors age we are in a situation now where we have a high volume of these outages uh, mm. planned six um, this year you said six this year and you can see the details of each reactor on RT's website, RTETSO's website. But it does mean that, you know, and hence maybe why we have this range as well, because you know, I, I would expect the same problems as, as last year. I mean, you could argue that maybe EDF has learned from the mistakes or the time it's taken. Perhaps they've learned from last year's outages. How long do these inspections normally take? Well, they usually is there, take... Is there a set, well, is there a set yeah, kind of time? Well, time? It, was, it was three to four months, but now they seem to be offline for even longer. You know, we're going past six months and it's been going... You know, we have really lengthy outages. Mm. Um, you know, and Flammerville is a case as well. That's Flammerville's been off for over a year, mm. one of the reactors there. And that was... These are linked to 10-year outages. So mm -hmm. if you delay uh, outages... The 10-year outages in one year it is a knock-on effect for the following year as well, for mm. your planning. It has a big impact on the planning because there's only a certain number of uh, experts to go around you know, mm. to do this work. So it creates chaos in the, in the planning schedules. Absolutely. And um, I think you know, perhaps given that context of these 10-year these investigations and the expected delays, then we could be looking at more of a 375 target rather than a 390 terawatt target, couldn't we, I think? Potentially, yes. But, you yeah. know, who knows? But yeah. another thing, Chris, which mm. I, you know, which I wanted to touch upon mm. with you was, you know, a lot of the issues that we saw in 2016 and 17 with the reactors in France were due to items or, or reactor pieces or you know parts of the plant that were manufactured at the Le Creusot uh, forge in, in France. Mm. Now, now has that investigation into these parts, is that, is that now complete? And have they all got a clean bill of health? Yes, the investigation into equipment that made for nuclear power plants in France has been completed, EDF says. They've gone through all the files. That part of the investigation is, 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 is over. They have found anomalies, compliance problems. There's a whole list of them on EDF's website, in fact, mm. you know, ranging from very minor issues. To, we, it's quite difficult to know whether these are serious issues or whether what impact they have on the running of uh, you know, on scheduled outages or, or possible maintenance in the future. But they found an awful lot of problems. Mm. That's for sure, mm. you know, at all these reactors. They've given them the all clear. I mean, the reality is that they've said these reactors are clear to be restarted and to if they were stopped and mm. to carry on running safely but they did nonetheless find a lot of issues mm. so 
that's more maintenance that's more more work you know absolutely but the um, fact that it's over that's 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 good news in some some sense then yes i mean the whole thing you know good news means that you know there's not to this sort of shadow hanging over those reactors that they no. have been you know no, no, but they I, are but i think people will be watching very carefully to see if there's any repeat of this kind of behavior with the alleged fraud uh, that happened at le creuset um documents which were unfit for service being being checked off as if they were mm. and i think that's probably made people made the safety authority and maybe the regulator much more wary mm-hmm. so these things you know these mm. i don't have any information to say that something else will crop up but mm. <laughs> i wouldn't rule it yeah, out absolutely given past experience yeah. i think uh, it uh, seems kind mm. of likely mm. um Okay, moving on to another subject, Chris. I think uh, coming up here is, is, a, is a review of the whole Aran proposal, the whole Aran law. Mm. Could you explain what this is all about? Yeah. Aran is the rate at which EDF currently sells 25% of its nuclear output to rivals, 42 euros per megawatt hour. That's a, a figure set by the government CRE, the, the, the French regulator. So that's the price at which EDF sells uh, some of its nuclear output to rivals. Uh, however, EDF has long been complaining that that is too low and that they are basically giving away their nuclear power on the cheap to rivals at prices way below market levels. Mm. Um, so they've been campaigning for a long time for more. Mm. for a higher rate uh, on the other hand suppliers themselves who buy this stuff they want to buy more obviously because mm. it's a good deal yeah. so they want to uh, extend the uh, the volumes available they were asking for 150 terawatt hours some of the uh, some of the uh, rival suppliers now the government has come up with a proposal which would introduce a something called a price corridor under this system virtually all of EDF's annual nuclear output will be sold on the wholesale market Mm. But the price corridor means that EDF will have to compensate suppliers if prices go above a certain level. Mm. However, if they go below a certain floor, Mm. uh, then the suppliers will have to reimburse money to EDF. Mm. In fact, that looks like, arguably, a good deal for EDF Mm. because... What they were concerned about was that when wholesale prices were high, they mm. weren't getting a good deal. So mm. now they can be compensated for that. So, mm. you know, arguably that's going to boost uh, mm. EDF's uh, coffers. Mm. And that is what the government has said the aim of the proposal is, mm. one of the aims, in order to allow them to carry out the maintenance and the, in order to keep these reactors in service to extend mm. the lifetime of the reactors so mm. it's a very important reform in when fact. does i mean when does the government expect to sign this off i think by may uh, we should have some idea of what this reform at the moment the reform isn't out for consultation public consultation that mm. could just be meaningless but yeah. you know usually is <laughs> but um <laughs> at the end of may uh, the government will perhaps tell us clearly what they plan to do but at the moment we've got this price floor price ceiling mm. with a, a six euro gap between the two mm. and analysts arguing that something like a 42 floor on a 48 ceiling is likely mm. okay that's um, i mean yeah. i think and then, of course, the the European Commission needs to sign it off or approve it, which yeah, is also yeah. not a given because I think you know what they are increasingly looking at is kind of regional solutions sure. to domestic problems, and mm. I don't see mm. so much regional mm. here; I mm. see more national. Mm. So that could be potentially an issue. Yeah, I mean I, that 
you know, people, ha analysts have also pointed out that, the, the, you know, the EC hasn't given its green light to this mm -hmm. at all yet. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the talks are ongoing at the moment between the EC and French government yeah. on this issue. Uh, you have to say that the context of those discussions is a, a change, a restructure to EDF. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of bargaining going on about how, uh, what can... EDF get if they uh, come into line with EC demands on, on competition? How would this reform work? Uh, mm. If EDF is actually buying on the wholesale market its own supplies, you need you need to have a split between uh, sales and uh, distribution and, uh, and production. You know? mm. I mean, I it know. sounds like, Chris, there's plenty of stuff and plenty of topics here that we'll return yeah. to uh, in, the in the course of the year. EDF yeah. restructure is going to be a, a, it's big, a big hot one topic. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Chris, Thanks very much for, for joining the Montel Pod. I'm sure we'll have all the fans clamoring for double denim for the next uh, the next episode yeah. Uh, yeah. Where, you, where you're on the pod. But yeah. uh, I'll, again, I'll, I'll do my best to get some double denim. You know, I'll get down to the laundrette. Get just just look in your out. wardrobe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Chris. And that's all for Thank now, you. listeners. Please follow all our news on Montel News. And you can follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you.